Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. It's a story of a, a guy named Abraham, and we've talked about him here in church before. But it says in Genesis chapter 22, verse 1, it says, After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, here I am, he answered. He said, take your, your son, he said, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, who's probably about 12, 13 years old, take him and go to the land of Morai and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Now, if we just stop the story right there and you're new to church, you're like, what in the world is going on? If you've never heard this story, the story of, uh, of Abraham before, you're looking at it like, this is crazy. What, what, what are we talking about? The Bible's weird. God's weird. What's happening in this passage? What's happening in this passage is a, a guy named Abraham who has one son that he has been believing for, praying for, asking for, and God has granted him that son. And now, some 12, 13 years later, God is saying, hey, I want you to now take that son and offer him up as a sacrifice to me. Now, if you're new to church, which so many of us are, uh, really what's happening right now, it's, it's a, a foreshadow or a typology of what's going to happen in the New Testament when Jesus Christ would come, God incarnate in the flesh would come and offer himself up, the only son of God, as a sacrifice for the covering of all sins. And so many of us are thankful for that, right? Amen. So this is a foreshadow of that, but, but here for Abraham and Isaac, now his son, this is happening in real time. This isn't, and you know, he's not sitting here thinking, hey, this is a typology and a foreshadow, I'll do this. He's like, oh my gosh, I've got to take that which is dear to me, and I've got to sacrifice it. Verse 3, so Abraham got up early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took with him two of his young men and his son Isaac. And he split wood for the burnt offering and set out to go to the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Then Abraham said to his young men, the servants, he said, stay here with the donkey. The, boys, the boy and I will go over there to worship, then we'll come back to you. And I love what Abraham does here. Abraham has been walking for three days, knowing that he's going to, in obedience, take his only son and sacrifice him. Crazy story, but he's walking for three days with this knowledge. But, but with this knowledge of what he's about to do in this moment, he prophetically and in faith declares, hey, uh, servants, you stay here, but we're going to come back. Wait a second. The story says, go take your son Isaac and sacrifice him. You might come, but, but in faith, Abraham says, we'll, we'll come back. Stay with the donkey, the boy and I, we're going over there, but, but we'll be back to you. Verse 6, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac. In his hand, he took fire and the, the sacrificial knife, and the two of them walked on together. Then Isaac asked a completely logical question of his father. Here's what he says. The fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Dad, I know, I know we're going to sacrifice. We're, this is what we're doing. This is what God asked us. We got the fire. We got the wood. We got the knife. But where's, where's, the, uh, where's the sacrifice? And Abraham answers in another faith statement. He says, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Again, in faith. He's been walking for three days knowing that this is what God asked him to do, but in faith still, listening to the voice of God, he's just like, it's okay, son. God's going to provide the sacrifice. 
Then the two of them walked on together. Verse 9, and when they arrived to the place that God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood. He bound his son Isaac and placed him on the altar on the top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord, aren't you thankful for the butts of the Bible? Come on, there's some big ones. It's a big butt. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he replied, here I am. Then he said, do not lay a hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your only son from me. And Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering in place of his son. And Isaac said, Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is uh, amazing. God, I pray that in the next few moments, and even over the next several weeks, as we just dive into this pause moment in our church, that you would speak to us. That, God, you would speak to us corporately as a community called Canvas Church, but you'd also speak to us personally. And what, what, what places do I need to push the pause button? so that I continue to hear your voice. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, amen. It's, it's probably no surprise to a lot of you that know, know me well, um, but I love to watch movies. Anybody out there love to watch movies? Like, oh, like five of you. The rest, we're in a theater, people. Come on. Like, how many you guys like to watch movies, right? I, I enjoy watching movies, whether it's on the big screen or whether it's at my house. Um, I just enjoy watching movies. I feel it's like the natural progression of humanity, right? It's like, like you go to the caves and there's like these pictograms carved on a wall, right? And then they learn the language and they start writing books. Well, and then, then people are like, let's turn it into a movie. It's kind of the natural progression, okay? Some of you are still stuck in the old ages reading books. I like the movies, all right? And, uh, and then some of us are going back to the pictograms with emojis. Come on, somebody, right? You don't, even, you don't even type anything on your phone anymore. It's just you send an emoji, and it's like bringing us back to the cave days. I prefer to advance in technology. I like movies. And uh, so I like watching movies. But to, to me, one of the greatest inventions ever is, is watching a movie in your own house. Because when you go to a theater, you spend a lot of money. Uh, hopefully they can't hear me, but you spend a lot of money, right? You get the popcorn, you get the soda, and now you're already into, like, you get your ticket, right? And you get your popcorn, your soda, and now you're into this thing for like a hundred bucks. Come on, somebody, right? Especially if there's two of you going, right? And you're there, and you've spent your hundred bucks. Now, if you have kids, you're into this thing for like 150 because you had to get a babysitter, right? But you're there, and you're, the movie's going, and all of a sudden, your wife runs out of popcorn. And you get this right here. I'm like, What? can you go get some more popcorn for me? I'm like, there's a movie playing. Like, what, what am I supposed to do? Or, or worse than that is, is even like if you drank that big soda, now you got to use the restroom, right? Now, some of you are like me, and you're like, you, you, you've developed something called self-control. It's one of the fruit of the Spirit. Come on, somebody. And you just hold that in until the end of the movie, right? But for those of us that can't, look, like, like going to a theater, you've spent so much money. And here's the problem with theaters. You're in the, the climax moment of that movie, and you got to go get popcorn for your wife. Right? Or you got to use the restroom. And it's like, but, but I don't want to miss what's happening on the screen right now. Right? I don't want to miss. And so if you do go, you like, you like beeline for that thing, and you're like cutting people off in the popcorn lane, right? You're elbowing people. You get up there, and you get your popcorn, and you hurry back. And then here's, here's the problem, though. You get back, and what's the first thing you do? What did I miss? 
right? Because you don't want to miss a moment. That's why the greatest invention ever is being able to watch movies at home. Because there is this one favorite button on my remote that I love, and it's called the pause button. Right? Like, like every movie watched in its entirety from here on out, thanks to the pause button. And so I love, I love going and watching movies at home. Like going to a movie, it's fun, but, but you better get your popcorn. You better get the jumbo bucket. Right? You better get a catheter. Come on, somebody. Work with me, right? We are not leaving this theater. We spent 100 bucks. We're watching this movie from start to finish, and nothing's going to interrupt it. But that's why I like watching movies at home, because you can push the pause button. The pause button's awesome. The pause button gives you freedom. The pause button is not only great because you don't want to miss portions of the movie. The pause button is great because now when they put, like, like if you're watching like a movie that has a little bit of history behind it and they want to catch you up to speed, what do they do? They put words on there. And I don't know who developed that, but you got to be a speed reader. Like, <laughs> what just happened? I don't know, like some, some, some princess from a faraway planet. Dun, 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 right? Like, like, it's just like, what? I don't know. The pause button. Just pause, read, play, pause, read, play, pause, read, play, right? And you're like in the know now. The pause button is honestly one of the greatest inventions ever. Here's the thing. I believe that God wants us to live our spiritual journey with a pause button. I don't believe God wants us to just cruise through the moments of our life, getting to the next destination, the next epic moment in our life. I believe he wants us to live with a pause button. A matter of fact, there's this word in Scripture, and it's the word Selah, right? And if you've read through your Bible before, maybe you're reading through the Psalms right now, you've seen that word pop up before. You'll be reading, and all of a sudden, all by itself, there's this word Selah. And you're reading, you know, this, uh, Selah. And then you keep reading. It's mentioned 71 times in the Psalms. It's mentioned 74 times throughout Scripture. The other three are in the book of Habakkuk. But there's been some, some study over this. What does this word Selah mean? Although there's been a little bit of discrepancy on what it means, this is kind of like the, uh, the overall accepted uh, uh, like idea of what Selah means. Because the Psalms were written in such a way that they were meant to be sung, right? Kind of like our worship team this morning, how they're singing, right? These Psalms were written in a way that they wanted them to be sung, and so they'll be singing these. And what the word Selah is in Scripture, it, it's meant for them to see that, and they're not supposed to say it, Okay, but if you've been reading and you've been saying it, like, and you don't, you don't just say like, you're like, Selah, right? It's okay, you can keep reading it. But for them, what it was is when they saw that, it meant for them to just stop for a moment, take a deep breath, and then get ready for the next verse. And I believe that's the way God intended us to live our spiritual journey. That he meant us to, to, to live in these, these Selah moments. And so for, for the next couple weeks, or however long it goes, here if you're taking notes, which you can do by downloading our app, if you're taking notes, Selah here for us means to pause, reflect, and recharge. To pause, reflect, and recharge. And I believe that's what God's saying to Canvas Church right now. And I believe it's what God's saying to me and maybe many of you is just, hey guys, hit the pause button. Don't, don't be in such a hurry to get to the next thing, the next moment, uh, and it can even be a good thing, you know, but to get to that next thing, that next moment in your life that you start missing out on everything God's doing around you. Just hit the pause button. Slow down. Enjoy what I'm doing. Embrace what I'm doing. And just kind of bask in it, right? The pause button. Selah. 
in Scripture is that pause button. I believe God is saying, I, I want you to push the pause button because if we do not say law, if we do not push the pause button, we miss all the incredible things God is doing around us. We miss out on all these incredible opportunities, provisions, miracles, relationships, connections, small groups. We miss out on it. But if we just take a, a deep breath and just, just pause, say, God, what are you doing right now in, in this community? What are you doing in Canvas Church? What are you doing in my, in my life? And not miss the moments that are happening now trying to get to the next moment of your, of your life or of your spiritual journey. And I love today's passage because Abraham paints this idea of living in the Selah moments of life. It's not just here, it happens in other places, we'll reference those, but here in this particular passage that we read today, Abraham is in such a place of, of pause, of reflection, of Selah, that he actually can hear the, the voice of God come to him and say, hey, Abraham, and, and he actually responds, here I am. And God says, good, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your one and only son. And I don't know if he's like sitting on the edge of his seat right now, like, yeah, what are we going to do together? And God's like, I want you to take him, and I want you to sacrifice him. What? But because Abraham is, he learned to live in these pause moments, these Selah moments, he hears, and then he obeys. Matter of fact, the Bible says he gets up early the next morning to go to do it. Now, now I, I have some, like, like con, you know, conflicting thoughts about that. Because to me, it could, like, he's so obedient, he just wanted to get up early and do it. Or he's like, I'm going to change my mind, so I better get up early and go do it. Right? But either way, he gets up and he goes on this journey. And he walks for three days, contemplating, thinking about what God has asked him to do. And he's walking in obedience. But I love it because he's so in tune with God that he even throws up some signals. When all of a sudden they stop at the mountain where he's supposed to go three days into the journey, and he says to the servants, hey guys, you wait here. We're going to go up there, sacrifice, and we'll, wink, wink, we'll, God, hello, we'll be back. We'll be back together. Just throw some signals up to God. And then they start making the climb. And, and his son Isaac, 12, 13 years old, somewhere around there, he asks a completely logical question. Dad, we got wood, we got fire, we got the knife. Where's the animal for the sacrifice? And Abraham, again, makes this faith statement. God, God will provide for himself the lamb to be slain. Right, God? Just send it up there. Gets up the mountain, still no sacrifice, no lamb, nothing. And so what does he do? He continues to walk in obedience. As he's walking in obedience, now here's the part of the story that I believe God omitted from the Bible. So bear with me, right? How many of you grew up in church? How many of you could just, if you grew up in church, just shoot your hand in the air, wave it around like you just do care. All right, awesome. Awesome. So like half of you, you're like, I didn't grow up in church. This is new. So you know nothing about flannel graphs. Come on, somebody. Right? And you're like, what's a flannel graph? It was like, like real-time video back when I was a kid in, 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 in church, all right? It was, a, it was a piece of cloth on a board that you threw other piece of cloth on that were cut out like people, all right? That's it, right? 
We didn't even have claymation videos yet. All right, it was just cloth on cloth. There it is. Here's your story, kids. Enjoy it. And I remember they would tell this story in, in, in Sunday school. And I, this is a tough one to tell in Sunday school. I mean, how do you tell an eight-year-old, hey, I'm going to tell you a story today about, your, about a dad who goes and he's going to kill his son. Doesn't go over real well, right? So they got the cute little flannel graph. And they're like, so here's Abraham. Don't worry, kids. The story gets good. And they're telling the story. But every time I heard that story in Sunday school, they didn't just tell like Abraham's obedience. They talked about Isaac on the other side. Even though you don't really necessarily see it in this story, they talked about like Isaac like being this willing sacrifice. Now the problem with that picture to me is this, is I'm the youngest of four, so I have three older brothers. Um, and, but if my dad came to me and said, hey, Ben, we're going to go up the mountain and we're going to sacrifice something, and I'm looking around and there's no lamb, right? And all of a sudden, like, like dad's like, hey, you want to be the willing sacrifice? I'm like, bleep no. Are you kidding me? No, like the minute he gets the knife out, and he says, hey, God spoke to me and you're supposed to be the sacrifice. I'm like, come on, we're going right now. I don't care how good of a dad you've been to me. I don't want to die. Is somebody with me this morning? But they tell this story like, it's like, okay, dad, tie me up. If he was willing, why did he have to tie him up? <laughs> Logical question, right? Like, I'm pretty sure Isaac wasn't cool with the whole thing. So I'm pretty sure the part of the story that God omitted is the part where they were duking it out, right? And Abraham just somehow, like, you know, put a choker on him. He's like, ah, oh, knocked him out and then tied him up, right? Or maybe he did the surprise attack. Hey, Isaac, yeah, dad, look over there, ram. Oh, and then jumps him from behind, right? Throws him on the altar all tied up. Dad, what are you doing? Right? Help. Okay? But Abraham does it. Complete obedience. Now, at this point, if you tell the story like that, you're like, man, Abraham's a jerk. What's Abraham doing? That's your son, man. You had to knock him out, tie him up, throw him on the altar. Abraham's just being obedient to God. He's doing the last thing God told him to do. But because Abraham learned to live in the Selah moments, in these pause moments, I'm pretty sure that this thing, remember I like movies, I'm pretty sure this part of the story played out like a movie. You know, like, like where all of a sudden you know something's going to happen, it goes into slow motion, right? Or somehow, you know the movies where like you, you, you can just shoot something, but then they get in the shootout and like there's a thousand bullets flying and nobody dies. It's like, so frustrated. Of course, they got out right before the explosion. Shocker. This is one of those movie reels. And I'm pretty sure that when Abraham took the knife, he went into slow motion. And you got to think about, there was no slow-mo then. It was him actually doing it in slow motion, listening to God. Isaac's laying there. Right? It's all in slow-mo, and it's just, Abraham's lifting him. Isaac's. Abraham's looking around. He may have even wound up once. Just as he's about to sacrifice, he hears the voice of God. Stop! Abraham, don't do it! I, I know that you're going to walk in obedience to me, and now nothing, nothing, there's nothing you'll withhold from me. I love this part. 
so that Abraham lifts up his eyes. Maybe in slow motion again. And right over there, maybe over there, there's a ram caught by the horns in the thickets. And this is actually the passage where we discover a new name of God. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Abraham had learned to live in these pause moments. Come on, God. Come through. I'm listening. I'm waiting. Speak. Is this really what we do? Okay, I'm going for it. No? Okay, where's the ram? He learned to live in these moments where he could hear the voice of God. He, was, he wasn't in such a hurry. Listen, he was walking in complete obedience. To sacrifice his son would have been the right thing to do because God said it. But he never got so focused on what he was supposed to do that he took his eyes off the one who told him to do it. And I, I fear that there's so many of us sitting here today that are sacrificing things in complete obedience, but you're sacrificing it because you've taken your eyes off the one who spoke it to you in the first place. And he is up there saying, hey, don't sacrifice that thing. Don't give that thing up. I see you walking it and I told you to do it. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been obedient, but stop. I got something over here instead. But so many of us, in the pursuit of the next thing, in the pursuit of our spiritual journey, are like, well, okay, God said, I'm going to do that. And we've taken our eyes off the one who spoke and put it on to the thing he spoke to us about. But we need to get to a place like Abraham where we can live in these continually pause moments. That we walk forward in faith and we walk forward in obedience. We walk forward with courage but we continue to listen for that voice. How many things, and God spoke to me so strongly this last, last Sunday actually after our service. We met with the leaders and we were hanging out and I was just transparent and vulnerable what was going on in my life. And I literally was like, God just spoke to me in that moment and asked me this question. He said, Ben, how many things are you sacrificing right now that I don't want you to sacrifice, but you've been so focused on building this and doing that that you stopped listening to my voice? And I'm saying, son, look at the miracle provision I have over here. Look at what I'm doing over here. Look what I have for you. How many rams in the thickets are we missing right now, church? Because in complete obedience, we're doing the last thing he asked us to do. But we stopped listening to his voice. We're missing a big part of the movie because we're not hitting the pause button. We're missing a big part of what he's doing right now. Because we're not just saying, time out. God, what are you doing right now? I can't help but think about the ram. The ram that, that God just so sovereignly directed to be that provision for that sacrifice so that son could live. Man, maybe, maybe Canvas Church is that ram for you. And we're here. And we're saying, come on. Come on. Don't sacrifice. Don't do that. Are you with me this morning? Experience Jesus. And 
as we just kind of wrap it up, band, come on up. I look at Abraham's life, and there's three specific, he has so many great qualities and characters, but there's three specific ones I see that I believe led him to this moment. If you're taking notes, the first one is this, is he was a man of obedience. He was a man of obedience, man. He just heard God speak, and he did it. He heard God speak, and he, he stepped out. He said, I'm going to obey. We see his obedience not only here in this passage where he says, okay, God, I'm going to do it. But we see his obedience in Genesis 12, 1 through 5. When God shows up to him and says, hey, Abraham, I'm going to take you someplace. And he's like, cool. He goes, so I just want you to get up, and I want you to start walking. Where are we going? Don't worry about it. I'm just going to take you there. But where? I just, just keep walking. But I don't know where. That's all right. Okay, let's saddle everything up. Let's get everything together. All right. Let's go, people. And in complete obedience, man, he gets up. And he walks. He does the very next step that God gives him. That's why I'm so, I'm so proud of all those that are getting water baptized today. So proud. Because in the spiritual journey, like when you said yes to Jesus, it's like your very next step of obedience. Church, I would love for as many of you that want to come, come out and just experience it, man. Watch and see and celebrate what God's doing. It's your step of obedience, man. Abraham was a, a guy who obeyed. Sometimes it's not easy to obey. But I love what 1 Samuel 15, 22 says. It says it's better for us to obey. It's better to obey than to sacrifice. Man, that, 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 that verse right there means so much in context of Genesis chapter 22. Especially for Isaac. Dad, I know it's not written yet, but it's so much better for you to obey than sacrifice. And obeying God. Hearing his voice. Another characteristic I see of Abraham is he's a man of prayer. Prayer, this continual, ongoing connection with God. Prayer. Prayer, when I, when I describe prayer to people, it's so simple. Prayer, man, it's just us having a conversation with God. And, and here's the thing you need to understand about prayer that I learned years ago now, but the, the kind of prayer that I, life that I've developed with God isn't just this one where it's like, okay, I got to get my prayer time in. Now, I, I like the kind of conversations that I have with my wife. Yeah, there's some intentional ones that we need to talk about finances. Okay. How many shoes did you buy? those conversations. Yeah, she was looking at me asking me how many shoes I bought. That's, you know. You gotta have those moments where you just sit down and you hash out. But I love the continual ongoing, this dripping of a conversation. That we just can pick up. It just builds dreams together. builds life together. We can, we can pick up at any moment and we're just engaged in those moments together. I mean, we can send a text to them. Yeah, hey, we're talking about this morning. Genesis 12, 7, 13, Genesis 13, 3 through 4, Genesis 21, 33, and Genesis 3, 17, where Abraham would literally take moments and erect these altars, these places of prayer, this connection with God. Lastly, they see Abraham as a man of courage. He was a man of courage. Do you know what? When you're sitting there with your family, and, and, and 
something and you're watching the movie and you know it's in an epic moment but you gotta, you gotta go do something and you hit pause you go, what are you doing? right? I guess you don't watch movies with my family right? they're throwing stuff at you hey, hey, couldn't have found a better place to pause it dad I can't think of a better pause than that climactic moment courage to do it. When you start talking about things like, hey, let's just push the pause button and slow down in life. It's kind of like, well, no, we have no places. We got to do things. We got to set up. We got to back up. Which we do. Back up. Push pause on that until back up. It takes courage courage to talk to your son, talk to your son, wrestle him down, tie him up with one another. It's courage. Obedience. Prayer. Courage. But I believe it's those three things that if we just continue to be in tune with him, be obedient, be in constant connection and encourage, step out, that we can continue to live in those Selah moments. But my church, I want to ask you to do me a favor the next several weeks. I I don't know where this, I don't even know if I can call it a series. But where God's taking us, can we go there together? Can we just journey together and see what happens? In our small groups this week, can we just push pause and say, what's going on? What's going on with you? I was just talking with somebody in the lobby before before church. We were actually talking about a lot of what we talked about today. They didn't even know what I was going to be talking about today. And we were talking I had people coming up, like tapping me, saying hi. And he was like, hey, I know, I know you got a lot to do. And I was like, no. No, no, this. This right here. This is what I, I, I need to do. If we just push the pause button and not be looking over the shoulder of the person we're talking to that so desperately needs to connect, looking for the next connection. What if we just hit the pause button? if you just hit the pause button, you'd be like, there's more good about your children than there is bad. For those of you that are single, wanting to get to the next season, and I, I, all the single people get mad at me when I say this, because I've been married for 20 years, I got married when I was 23, you know, I, I knew what it was like to be single for 23 years. I was still longer to this day than I have been married. So I've actually been single than married. So I can speak on some of this. Because when I was 12, it was difficult. Just ticked them off more. What if you just hit the pause button? Say, God, I know that I'm going to be there one day, and I know that's what's for me, but you know what? You got something for me right now. 
so much for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is awesome. God, we thank you for the story of Abraham and Isaac that can speak to us today. Lord, I pray with all my heart that this community, this church, would hit the pause button so we don't miss the rams caught in the thickets, the provision that is all around us. We'd embrace it. Say thank you, Jesus, for the life you've given me. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.